and welcome to Point of Origin, Episode 7, the show where we learn about the dangers of unprotected sex. Or Jack does, anyway. Uh, I'm Mel. And I'm Liz, and I, I don't like doing intros. Yeah, I have to, like, force her to. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really bad at it. You're just so much more open and nice to people. What? <laughs> In the sense that you can say hello to people. <laughs> I can't even say hello to people. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so this episode, we're doing the... I keep trying to say the. It's just brief no the. candle. It's just brief candle. Oh. I don't know why I feel like it needs to be a the there. In my head, there's a the. But yeah, brief candle, which according to Mel's DVDs is the next episode. Uh, when we were looking, you know, we were getting started to record. It was really weird. I was looking through on Wikipedia and... Everywhere else it says that the next episode's actually um, Cold, Lazarus. Cold, La- Cold Lazarus, and then The Knox, and then it's Brief Candle. They've got The Knox way yeah, later, I, I don't, according to the DVD. We're going to go off the DVDs, not off you know, the air date, supposed air date, according to online, but it's just a little odd. But yeah, so anybody that, that might have noticed that... You know what it might be? They might have decided that having The Knox closer to the introduction of the Tolan made more sense. It does make sense. Because having the Knox this early, it's like, obviously, it's it's within the same season, so mm-hmm. it's still not that much of a callback. It makes sense why the air date they, you know, had it first, just because it um, brings, like, Apophis for, like, a moment. That's true. And it's, it's a nice little, like, hey, guys, remember this big bad that we established as the big bad, and now we're not doing yeah. about it for episode after episode. Oh, I know, yeah, when did the, when did the stupid... God, when do they meet the gold again? Yeah, for, not for a while, if you go by the DVDs and not by the uh, air date. Uh, bloodlines, technically. There you go. A weird little fun fact. But yeah, we're going off the DVDs, so we're doing Brief Candle. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, how That's how. It's honestly, easy. it's kind of a win-win for me because this episode is great, so get it out of yeah, the way. Yeah, get, you know? get it done with. Now for the synopsis? Yeah. Have you already read it? No. Cool. On the mysterious planet Argos. Of course it's called Argos. The beautiful Kinthea seduces Colonel O'Neill, which means he's condemned to an Argosian lifespan of only a hundred days. As he turns gray, will his team succeed in their frantic search for a cure? Sorry, hang on, hang on. Did they use the word seduce? Uh-huh. So giving him food was seducing him? Gotcha. Giving him drugged food was seducing him. The same way that somebody slipping something into a chick's drink is seducing her. Sure. The episode is problematic, period. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, uh, well, we'll reveal the secret of why it's problematic, period, after we watch the episode when we talk about who wrote it. There we go. <laughs> Look forward to that. But yeah, so to sum up the episode, they go to a planet where a bunch of people live on it, and no one lives longer than 100 days. They go through the entire lifespan, baby to old age. It's a weird premise. Well, I mean, when we find out why, it honestly makes sense. It's evil, but it makes sense. Yeah. So I guess we're going to go ahead and watch this. I love how enthusiastic we sound. It's not going to be as bad as ma- It's not going to be as bad as Emancipation. Well, okay, but based on that classification. Nothing will be as bad right? as Emancipation. Yeah, I, so, honestly, uh, this episode is, is, you know, it's not great. It has bad messages and so on. But see, the cat has a problem with it, too. Yeah, she dislikes it. Yeah, yes, I know. You, it's a terrible episode, Troy. That being said, it's <laughs> relatively harmless compared to, like, in terms of just how ugh, it is. Yeah, like, there's... It's over with faster. Yeah. It feels like it. Yeah, the problems are brief. Like the candle. Ha ha ha. Otherwise, it's just dull. Yeah. So yeah, let's go, uh, let's go watch this fun episode. Oh, gonna... it's gonna be fun for afterwards, though, because today we went to the store and we found Captain Morgan's... Watermelon. Watermelon. So we're gonna do some shots on that to, uh... We're, 
we've been talking about, like, between us, we've been talking about drinking more but for the bad episodes. Oh, absolutely. Make it more fun. I'm going to be drinking during the episode, too, but I also get to go to sleep after this, so I'm allowed to. I'm going to, I guess we'll determine my editing skills after. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll be back. Alrighty. Well, we're back. Are we? I mean, this was a nothing episode, man. It wasn't even that egregious. It was just a nothing yeah. episode. Yeah. Like, it wasn't good. Yeah. Like, it's not It's not even like Emancipation where we were furious the whole time. Yeah. There were parts where we were grossed out. Yeah, this was not good. I say as I'm already drinking. Right. So you've already sampled this. I did. I did a half shot. Because you were a baby? Yeah, and it smells like fucking watermelon ethanol okay. in, our, in my Tinkerbell. <laughs> this is bad attitude. Perfect. I feel like I should be a little embarrassed by how much better you do shots than I do. Like, you made nope. that look like it was effortless. Oh, there's the afterburn. Yeah. Oh, wow, this is wimpy. This is only 25%. <laughs> Never mind. Here, I was thinking we're doing, like, hardcore shots. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, shots are done. Oh, I'm sure we'll do more. Oh, <laughs> the, the preemptive round. Yeah, that's just to get us going. So, the director of this episode is the return. Uh, it's Mario as a party, who did Children of the Gods. Overall, I'll say he did a better job in Children of the Gods than in this one. In a way, this one also involved children. But in, uh, but yeah, I feel fun. like he did a better job with Children of the oh, Gods than this one. Yes. Especially the egregious ending shot of this yeah, episode. Yeah, fuck that freeze frame was about. I don't think anyone's actually ever told me this, but it's always been like an established rule in my head. You know Woody Allen, right? You know he's kind of famous for doing. Like, I've heard of him. Movies. Yeah, he's done like some really good movies, like Annie Hall. Never seen any of his oh. movies. Well, okay, then this is not the. This, I'll get through this quick. Annie Hall is a really great movie. It's kind of a. It's kind of lauded for being a good yeah. movie. There's a scene though. It's pretty fucking hysterical. Is is Annie Hall the one that also has like an insinuation with like a much younger? Woman or something? No, that's real life. My whole point is that there's a scene in Annie Hall. It's really fucking funny. He you know, and Annie Hall are at their friend's house or whatever. And the guy is uh, has like a little snuff box and it's full of coke. Mm-hmm. But at that scene, it, it, it's really great because Woody Allen had this moment of brilliance, like, I guess, where he sneezes into the snuff box and it just covers everybody in a cloud oh of coke. Oh my god. And the scene ends abruptly because that's literally, they only managed to hold for like a moment Because they all started laughing. They all started laughing. Anyway. That's the only time a freeze frame, in my opinion, can be necessary, is when you have one moment before everyone loses their shit, or something yeah. like that, or something mm-hmm. breaks the scene. That's the only time, I'm not or saying, if it doesn't make it acceptable, but for, at least like, irony's sake. There's some, instances, there's some instances where that's good. Maybe. This was not one of those no, instances. No, 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 this one it was bad. This was, like, this like, late 80s TV show ending bad. Yeah. It was just kind of funny that this guy directed. We talked about how God, he, he we, we liked his long shots. Well, we talked about how he had, he had the long shots and the fact that because Children of the Gods, of course, had so much craft to put mm-hmm. in it, that's so much stuff to put in it that you can only do so much of directing. Yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of limited by the fact that jam packed. This did not have that problem, and no. yet the directing wasn't even there. No, it felt a lot. It felt a lot like um, Broken Divide. To where I didn't even notice the director exactly. for the most part. So, so yeah, I was originally giving as a party good credit, like, but this for having a light hand. kind of like but giving now, himself out to null. Right now, I'm realizing that maybe he didn't have a light hand in the first episode ever because he 
knew that he needed to do that, so on and so forth. Maybe he had a light hand because that's just his way yeah. of doing things. In which case, like, okay, it doesn't make you a bad director, but it's not, not great. great. Like, directing should have a presence yeah. in the episode. Yeah, I will say I still think the the uh, directing that he does is better than I've seen in Broken Divide, which was, oh, hang on, I have it written down. Let me check. Uh, William Garrity? Oh, Garrity, yeah. He's definitely still my worst director that they've seen so far. He didn't do a bad job, he just didn't really do a great job. And that freeze frame is too Oh, bad. yeah. The reason we decided this episode was the episode we needed to start with shots is because, uh, writers, it's the unfortunate return of Catherine Powers. Yeah, well, uh, I guess. Like, yeah, this one's a weird one. Have so, this. according to uh, Wikipedia, it says the story is by Stephen Barnes, but the teleplay is by Catherine Powers. Right, and as we, I remember we looked it up before, a few episodes ago, because we weren't entirely sure. That play is mostly just, like, adapted for screen. So it's, like, not so much that you wrote it, so much as you just took the story and made it episode-worthy. Yeah. Content-worthy. But. And depending on where you go on the internet to look this up, either of them gets credited for this It's episode. weird. Yeah, like, I, um, you know, because I'm always putting links in for trivia uh-huh. and stuff. That other website, which I, I usually stay away from, like, the fandom sites. Yeah, the trivia. Yeah, because it's, like, that's, anybody can put the trivia yeah. in and so on, but I, I, I start corresponding. So anything I list on here is backed up, not just here, yeah, but yeah. elsewhere. But, for example, should have known that Stargate would have an extremely detailed Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, of course. It's one of those things where Susie thinks about it, it's like, duh. Duh. But, on this one, it specifically only specifies Stephen Barnes. And it says, this is the only episode of SG-1 written by him. So it's like, okay, so is it written by him, or is the story by him? <laughs> um, I, I can know. see Catherine Powers very heavy-handed in this episode. That's all I'll True. say. True. But we also really hate her, and we're looking for that, so... Yeah, but every time we looked up her name and saw her name next to a, an episode, we're like, oh, that's another bad yeah, episode. No, I'm not it just, it's just, it seems weird to me that... It depends, I guess, on where you uh, draw the line. Where, what do you count only a Although, story? apparently she was involved in fire weird? and water. Ugh. But yeah, I, I just wish I knew where that, that line was drawn so that I could like see how much I can credit Stephen Barry to this. I think she gets away with not ruining fire and water because... Like, Sam's in the episode, <laughs> but she's just in the episode. Alright, go on. But yeah, so, if, if anything that we don't like about this, we can probably attribute the Blame on her. We'll never be able to but know But on the other sure. hand, Stephen Barnes is the only episode he wrote, so exactly. maybe it's also his fault. Maybe, but we'll never know, because we'll never be able to compare and contrast. At the very least, the concept is his yeah. fault. Yeah, unless, unless, unless we want to take it upon ourselves fair, to search out his other shit he's ever done for a better fair, show. The Fairbones concept of this world is actually pretty interesting. Oh, no, it's It's fun. just the way they decide to introduce us to the story is... Not well executed. <laughs> no. When we press play, I said, interesting premise, bad execution. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Perfect, uh, perfect wording for that. Yeah, it's just too bad we'll never know, like, how much of Stephen Barry's stuff was in this Per se, like, how much we can Barnes? Oh, sorry, I forgot Barnes. You think Dennis Stevens. Barry. Dennis Barry. Too many Stevens, too many Dennis's, too many generic white guy American names. That being said, we'll never really know no. how much of this was his fault because we'd have to go search him out, find other shit he's written for different shows. Yeah. It, we'll never know. But we do know we don't like Catherine Powers, and we can definitely see a few of her elements in here. So, my perfectionist soul is not as happy. But the rest of me is like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. So, the episode opens up. With a cold open of them walking onto a new planet. Um, and some dramatic ass music. This, oh, yeah. This episode was oh, way God. too overdone with dramatic music. Overproduced music. 
not just like the background music, but like the background sound effects as yeah. well. <laughs> right, just the same whoosh really, noise six different times. Really overproduced. Yeah. I, I didn't look up any of that stuff, but this is the, the worst example we've seen so, so far. far. I'm sure we'll find something else. Yeah. Um, but I do actually enjoy these cold opens out of them walking onto planets. It's oh, got yeah. a real Monster of the Week feel. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's uh, no wasted time in a in a half an hour long kind of, you know, not counting commercial breaks and all yeah. that crap. DVD format, half an hour-ish of, of screen time, and they're not wasting any of it on no, your, yeah. your unnecessary intro crap mm-hmm. on Earth because you don't need it. <laughs> and I actually um, appreciate Brief Candle being at this point instead of later on, uh, instead of the Nox being here, because uh, the Nox is not a Monster of the Week episode because, as you said earlier, Apophis does show up in it. And I feel like episode six is a little early no, and to start sense. diving. I feel like you need a good handful of episode of the week episodes. And we've only had, like, two so far. Yeah. Oh, three. Sorry. Three. We've had three episode of, yeah, three episode of the week, uh, episode, Monster of the Week uh, episodes so far. And it's yeah. like, you want a good, like, maybe half dozen before you start really digging into the plot again. Oh, and we do get that. There, we already start digging into the plot again with Thor's hammer, which is mm-hmm. two episodes. Now, in terms of like how they produce the episodes, like this was this one, according to air date aside, I'm feeling the DVDs probably have them all listed based on the production codes, yeah, the production values and everything, and it makes sense in this order. Yeah. Oh, especially uh, with something that comes up in conversation later, which we'll get to in our recap, yeah. but I pointed out to you when you were watching, and I'm like, yeah, and honestly, it yeah. makes sense, yeah, this placement. Interesting. So I'm thinking the DVDs are going off are going off of off the baseline yeah. production codes, and then went back then when they were airing them, that's when they were deciding. Then it depends on, like, how, how early editing got done for certain exactly. things. Exactly. Or, yeah, well, I understand. Like, Supernatural, so true. they um, purposely filmed one episode, uh, like the third episode of whatever season, they filmed that one first, because Jess Nackles was directing for it, and they wanted to give him more time. That's fair. And that way he could focus on that. That makes sense. Psych would do a lot of, like, I mean, Psych, like most of those, uh, you know, USA or CW shows filmed in Canada. Um, every show. Every show these days. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, uh, like, Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, they... They would still find, like, locations mm-hmm. to shoot at. They wouldn't... Uh, Psych was very good about, like, each episode felt like its own movie. So they had a lot of, like, them actually going out for every episode and finding some new interesting location. And they would film depending on where their locations were. Nice. So, like, if they had um, two episodes that were near mountains or needed mountains... Even if they were on the opposite end of the season, they'd film those two together because it's just saving you money to no. film all of that together. No, it makes sense. It's it's good when shows do that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it uh, that's not necessarily as much of an important issue with Stargate because they pretty much only film in forests, <laughs> forests and a couple of uh, fields. That's why I still give credit to uh, the first episode of SGU. Because they go well, the first like real episode, mm-hmm. they go to a planet uh, that's um, covered all in desert. Oh, <laughs> it's a completely desert planet because they need um, calcite for uh, CO two scrubbers. Well, do they borrow the Power Rangers? Um, I, I would not know, and don't ruin <laughs> SDU for me. It's my favorite show. <laughs> so yeah, go to the planet. Yeah, um, and this planet actually, 
uh, the gate is located in a temple. Shock. Yeah. I mean, there's been instances of, like, there being some sort of evidence of um, ritual or um, worship center around these gates in other worlds. But this one's, like, the first one that's in an actual building. You're right. It actually makes sense. This is the first one since, like, Abydos. It's been in an actual building. And it makes sense for me. So I said shocker because, of course, I'm going off 17 years of Stargate. It makes tons of sense every time they start off in a temple of sorts. Because these things were literally the gates to the gods. Yeah. And the gods were pretending to be gods. Right. So it makes sense you have a place of worship around the thing that the things you worship come out of. It does make sense. I sound like I'm, 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 you know, disparaging it or laughing. Oh, careful. You only had one shot. How are you already spilling? Because I don't need a shot to spill. This is me. (laughs) That looks like a struggle. (laughs) I told you, ever since I did, remember that? You were there. Yes. Ever since, for some fucking reason, drunk me decided that three shots in a row of Everclear. Oh, Everclear was Everclear. That's it. was a good point. Shots are so much harder now. I think it's literally just remember trauma Mm -hmm. or something. Maybe. Yeah. Alright, I sound like I'm dissing the show or, you know, making those little mm-hmm. asinine comments about, like, oh, yeah, shock, they're in a temple. It really <laughs> is actually, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense, which I appreciate. I like the one later on, kind ages later, when they're in a museum. You love that episode for different reasons. <laughs> I love that episode for different reasons. Yes, but I do think it's really, I think it's really clever to put it in a museum. And I love the fact that they come out into the middle of a tour. That's really great. I went to the um in Seattle in the the AMP. I was there for like the Battlestar exhibit or something, but the one of the permanent ones is like sci-fi. Uh-huh. And in it, um, Paul Allen has bought apparently almost all of the major uh, props from SG One. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I told you this. You, I saw his goggles. I saw Jack's goggles. Oh, oh my god, the little oh. yeah, his little uh, desert goggles or whatever. I saw all that. Sh- I've, I've been to see it several times actually, but it would be really funny to me is like all these Stargate props. There's sci-fi in general, so there's tons of different yeah. sci-fi props. But, but yeah, my whole thing with that is that it'd be really funny is one of the props, you know, is the Stargate, obviously. is not just a museum, but going into a sci-fi museum type oh, thing. God. It would be great if they come through in a museum that was dedicated to, like, cheap, campy, fun yes. sci-fi. And they come through and be like, this is our life. <laughs> Rude. So if they came out in the set of Wormhole Extreme. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, that little tangent over. So, yeah, so the actual episode, let's get to the episode. See, they walk through in the middle of the temple, and there's already somebody there. Uh, he's apparently there to, like, pray to his god. I guess he's praying for his, his girlfriend. For his wife, uh, for his wife's safe birth. Because she's in the middle of giving birth, and the midwife is gone? I'm guessing, here's the thing, he says the midwife ran off. Is it assumed, then, that he's praying because the midwife ran off before they arrived on the planet? Or is it she ran off because of the gate activating? Because it seems it's like he's praying no, because no, no. she it's already ran off. It's gotta be because she already ran off because yeah. he's praying before the gate activates. Right, it's the only thing that makes sense. Because actually the cold open opens with a statue, a Greek statue, right, this guy and he's praying to it, okay. and then the gate opens. But basically, uh, this guy... Yeah, like, the team comes through and he's like, oh hey, good news, we need you. Uh, uh, my, our midwife's gone, uh, and my wife's about to give birth. I was praying to uh, the god Pelops. Which I did a whole bunch of research on this and came up with almost nothing to explain why Pelops is the person involved None here. None of the trivia I saw had anything. He's it's not about even the title of from Hamlet, and it He's didn't bring up Pelops. He's only really a demigod because of this cult. Yeah. I'm guessing this is supposed to be cult like. The only thing I could even see, even remotely like this, is there's this whole storyline where his dad like killed him and tried to feed him to the gods. 
And so then, it's like, Isaac. And then he got <laughs> resurrected. It's But, like, none of the... I looked everywhere to see if any part of his mythology or history had anything to do with days or aging right. or anything. No. no. So I don't... Okay. I don't know why they chose Pelops. Maybe they really just wanted to throw away God, because it... Remember, he's very, he's rather irrelevant. I know, to the but like a lot of times they have oh, a yeah. reason for I'm not saying it's, like, it's a little like, lazy they did. Ra, God. the god of the sun, is in charge of Egypt. It makes sense that they would have, that they, they should have picked a better god. Apophis be the next guy they bring in who, in mythology, warred against Ra. Yeah. Most of these gods make sense. But this one does not. I don't they understand. They could have brought in, like, Nyx as the god, because she's, you know, night and everything. Yes, And, so, and they pass out at night, so they can be like, but why? But it's Pelops, yeah, no. who had to do with, like, the Olympics. So it's lazy. It's lazy riding. Yeah, I was just like, I looked at, I was trying, I tried so hard. But apparently, the god hears Pelops, who isn't even a god, but it's fine. <laughs> For the opening, my note to myself was, and why is she giving birth here? <laughs> of all the places they could give birth. Why there? It's well, not, without a midwife, I'm assuming they're thinking the closer they are to their god, sure, the safer it's going to sure. be. First off, I, I, it, it mostly just creates more questions than answers. Our midwife ran off. Okay. Why? Where? Where? Where were you to begin with? It just seemed like there's nothing, no paraphernalia around that makes me think that other people are giving birth. Oh, here. yeah. This this introduction to them needing someone to help her give birth is incredibly weak. There's it's, no... It's a struggle. It doesn't make any it's sense. It's a strain. It's... it's like, okay, that's a stretch. And what really kills me is, all I can think is, midwife. You guys live for a hundred days. Your midwifery cannot possibly be that bad. Yeah, how does anyone learn any skill? It's like, okay, yeah, you've been there for a few births in a hundred days. It's like, I get it, this sped up lifespan. I'm guessing there's probably a lot of births. I'm guessing there's probably a fair amount of births in a hundred days. But at the same time, you cannot possibly have learned any real skills. And they make an effort in later in the episode to have that whole moment where he's like, oh, if I lived longer, I would learn more. We'd teach. And then the next generation would go from there. I'm not saying that you can't still do that in a shortened time frame. So maybe she did learn skills from, like, others before her. But again, you only live for 100 yeah. days. So, A, what you've learned and passed on cannot possibly be that much. And second, your scientific basis here, like, like you're like, okay, well, this method doesn't work. Like, you learning, using something you've learned, using it as practical knowledge, and then refining and so on. It's also going to be super short. So after how many fucking generations, your knowledge base is not going to be great because it oh. has no basic scientific method. Especially because they don't know what writing is. Exactly. Like, there's just it. Especially if you add an element of only hearsay on this. I'm sorry. It's I know it's such it's a silly thing though. Especially, especially since you never even see the fucking midwife. It's a complete throwaway thing. Yeah, but that's but this whole episode. This whole episode is complete throwaway stuff that, like, it's lazy. The whole plot construction of this episode doesn't make any sense. It's lazy. Much like Emancipation, characters in this make choices that you're like, this character wouldn't make this choice. There's a moment later on where, like, something happens to Jack that Daniel should recognize from happening to him and be like, yeah, but everyone's just very quiet and lets yeah. it happen, and it's just like, what? What? Yeah. Also, they try to get some, like, uh, emotion points out of something that really isn't earned for the seventh yeah. episode of the yeah. series. No, we'll it's like, it. no, this needs at least the end of season one, mm -hmm. if not more seasons mm -hmm. than this. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get there. The only good thing about this opening scene is that when you know they see the chicken flavor, everyone looks at Sam. It's a that's a joke I never get tired of. Yeah. Whatever there's one chick, everyone looks at her. And she's like, especially what? because they're, especially it's it's best when they look to the the girl and the girl's like, I don't know anything <laughs> about it. 
yes, I have the same parts. It does not make Especially, me an expert at giving look, other people advice this, on those parts. This joke the best though is that they have like a scene break and then you break back and Daniel's playing midwife. Because as he explains it, he learned on digs. No, it's great. Which makes complete sense. Yeah. The moment they all what I don't understand is Daniel looked at Sam. Well that's that's actually it does make sense because it's part of that joke is what I'm saying. Yeah. Even when you do know, you're gonna look towards an authority figure. And in a situation of childbirth, your first thought is gonna be a woman. I figure what happened Ooh, was as soon as that hit. scene break happens, like they all looked at her, she's like, Don't look at me, I don't know what it and then like the, the scene break happens and Daniel goes, Oh wait, yes I do. <laughs> it's a great scene because honestly I would do that. As a woman woman, if I was in a situation where someone else was giving birth and I was not expecting this to be happening and there was another chick around me, I'd look to her. <laughs> she was like, Hey, you're a woman too, like and I'm not a very good one. <laughs> Why do I even own a uterus? Right? This is not fair. <laughs> right? But yeah, I just think it's really funny. I, 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 as well as jokes where I always am amused by it. Yeah. I don't really fault. No, it's a, it's a good joke. In this it's fine. It's great. I, I, I'm not angry at this joke. And I, but I, and I love the fact that they cap it off. See, this is this is where I'm like, maybe Catherine Powers learned something? Because, like, yeah, someone who grew up on digs and spent all of his formative education going on digs. The movie tried to claim he was a professor, but he definitely wasn't. He was all about digs. So, like, and, and even um, the, the later episode where we go back to his college, like, he was an assistant to a guy with digs. Like, Daniel's education was all about digs. And it makes sense that that's like, practical not, knowledge to get is midwifery yeah, type shit. That's the place to get it. Especially in those more, um, I was going to say uh, distant, like, where they're far away from, like, cities and everything. Because digs aren't going to be next rural. to cities. Rural. rural. That's the word I wanted. Out there. Yes. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, the whole episode, this scene is great. Yeah. No, I like this scene. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that after after uh, they uh, deliver, successfully deliver the baby, because Daniel's playing midwife, but he's still got Sam over there with him to help. I like how Sam's looks more, much more panicked than oh, yeah. he does. Which makes sense, because she has no experience, and he does. Mm-hmm. It's great. I like how he's doing his thing. He's, he's getting through it, and he's fine. And then you look over at Sam, and she's like, how do you even know how to do this? <laughs> you've been sitting, you've had to get into position, you're just now asking for it. It's impressive that you waited this long. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I well, I think that. it says something about her trust in Daniel. Oh, it's great. Daniel's like, I can handle it. And she's like, all right, I believe you. And then, you know, actually, you're exactly right, because it was, I believe you. Labor starts continuing. And, and then, then she gets curious. And then, and, then, and then she gets a glimpse of something. Yeah, she's like, oh god! Something crowns <laughs> or whatever. And then that's when she looks up, and that's when panic happens. She's like, okay, um, how do you even know how to do this? Because I'm looking at something I don't need to be looking at. I don't I, care how natural the birth miracle is. I've seen the miracle of birth up close, personally, firsthand. I'll pass. I'll pass. It's fine. Good. Yeah, yes. It's, it is a miracle of birth. It is also one of the most horrific things to look up at. The body is not meant to stretch like that. <laughs> I mean, obviously it is meant to stretch like that, but you'll never convince me of that. So I won't I can try totally, to convince you. So I can totally see her reaction being like, okay, then, okay. Nope, 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 nope. Daniel, how the hell do you know how to do this? Because this is terrifying. I do love that, like, all the other men are on the other right, side of gone. the temple. <laughs> not because, like, they smoke a cigar so or any stereotypical sexist shit. They're if there just, was a door they could be on the other side of, they would be. And that They're, is... All the way over there. Yeah. So Daniel's to come back after the birth right. and go to the dad and say, "Oh, 
You have a healthy son. To which I his love- response, I like how it's, it's not really a hug, so just two different body checks. Yeah, slam. I wrote that. My note away. says, Happy Dad manhandles Daniel. And Daniel's like, What the fuck? I literally wrote body check hugging. Yes. He does like right, left. And the whole time Daniel's like stiff as a board, like, looking ow, up ow. at the ceiling, like, Why is this happening? You feel the impacts of his head. Yeah. But yeah, so kid's born. Yay. They're all happy. Um, Body checking your toes. But I do, and here's another, this is why I'm like, yeah, there was definitely more than just Catherine Powers involved in this, because there's actually an interestingly subtle amount of foreshadowing in this moment. Uh, so he have, he comes up and tells the dad, you know, what's um, that, it, that he's had a son. The dad goes over to the mom. The team's chatting about something. I think Daniel's like, oh, Daniel's explaining like the origins of this pal- this temple to right. Jack. And Jack's like, wait, I thought you said this was Greece. And he's like, oh, well, it looks like it's um, like I don't remember the city. He said something yeah. with an M. Something M. It doesn't matter. But he says it looks like it's from Bobola. And he's like, oh, so not Greece then. And then Jer- Daniel just stares at him for a minute. And goes. That's in Greece. <laughs> and I love that because then Jack is like, so where's that in? Greece. He just throws his hands up, like, why do I even ask? Yes! It's so, so funny. I, I actually wrote the line down again because Jack, after the response, long winded way of Daniel going, yes, it's in Greece. And Jack goes, why do I do that? <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, Jack, you know Daniel. Why are you doing this to yourself? But what I like is that in this, in this brief little exchange they've had, Suddenly, the mom and dad with the newborn child walk up, and Sam, who hadn't been in the conversation, was still with the mom, walks up with them, like, why is she, like, she's like, I tried to tell her to stay, you know, like, and looking really worried, and the mom seems totally fine, she's like, oh no, I'm fine, and she's completely healthy, she can walk just fine, she literally just shrugged off childbirth. Yeah, exactly, which is a beautiful bit of subtle foreshadowing, like, genuinely subtle foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. For the plot of yeah. this world. I actually really commend this episode for this moment oh, right here. No, it's great. And I wouldn't I don't want to say that like they knew what they were doing in this extra bit. <clears throat> but if they had if you told me they had, I would believe you. Because one of the things that always bugs me the most in T V shows, media in in general, is you know, their inaccuracy mm-hmm. with medical facts. Mm-hmm. The thing about childbirth is that I remember once watching back in the nineties on Mad About You, mm-hmm. Mad About You was still out. She had her baby, and then the episode after that, they actually show her suddenly a bit of like a bit of a belly. Yeah, almost as if the body doesn't just shrink back up after you have a fucking. So it's accurate, right? It's accurate, and that's really really rare because most shows women barely show mm-hmm. as any any kind of repercussion of giving birth. Your body just went through a shit ton. Oh yeah, there is a episiotomy crap going on down there. There is yeah. Because you yes. just your 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 uterus expanded, your skin expanded. Not to mention all n- not all of the weight that's in your stomach is the baby itself. It's, it's the layers yeah. of shit that is needed to make the baby. So the, yeah, the human the female body does not just snap right back. No. Which we all know that, but and again, usually people on TV are actually pregnant. So I get that there's a, a certain line you have to you know play jump rope with, but they don't even try to play jump rope. Ninety percent of stuff out there doesn't even try. This one. I'm not saying they were doing, like, a metal lampshade moment, like, yeah. look how women are always shrugging it off, but if you told me they were, when they were writing that, I'd believe you. Because it's a great way of calling that shit out in media, where women are always just walking about as if it's nothing. In this case, it makes sense. Hey, 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 we're doing it too, but we have a reason. Yep. And no, it, it, it I like it. I like the That part's well-crafted. That's I like that I'm chasing my shot with more alcohol. Yeah. 
No, the one unfortunate thing is I can handle shots pretty well as long as it's not a kind of alcohol that I find completely disgusting. Plus, plus it's only 25%, so. Like, I That's can't I do, um, what's the one that's the cinnamon? Fire whiskey. Oh, uh, uh, shit, um, fireball. Fireball. I can't do that. But, like, I can do vodka shots, no problem. Alright, we're, like, five minutes into this episode. Um, they get into town. Uh, there's some sort of party going on. Some sort of party. It's an everyday party. Jack is already making eyes at some lady across the... I don't know why. Does she, like, exude pheromones or something? Like, he meets eyes with her specifically. There are other people in this town. I will say something. Um, I don't have it up anymore, of course, so that would just be helpful. I did look up the picture of his wife. She actually does not look that dissimilar. Okay. Okay. You know what? Fair enough. I'll take it. Maybe they did that casting on purpose. And plus she keeps mentioning the fucking wife. Yeah. And clearly... Or like production stuff, like you know, how they aired it and everything. Cold Lazarus comes after this. There's, they meant. I feel like, in terms of airing, yeah, there's, they were like, yeah, after the there's wife. a. Uh, it's incorrect in terms of it's order. in like thirty minutes, so we'll get to it in a bit. But they bring up the life, and there's another yeah. reason why I'm like, actually, I like this airing yeah. order better. So it almost kind of makes sense. <laughs> but she just, it's not like she looks, it's not like she's even like a dead ringer for the wife or anything. But she has like, that general feel. Still. Okay. It doesn't make it less creepy when you think about how old she is. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like. <laughs> And granted, we may know her linear age and everything. Mm-hmm. She still appears to be a certain age. Yeah. And those, and then they mentioned it later. The things that are causing all of this are meant to mimic. Yeah. So she's meant to mimic somebody yeah. who's in her. So at least, yes, it's so creepy and gross. I'm not giving excuses. Yeah. Though, but I'm giving excuses to him. I just don't understand at least why he did look at why her he's go, suddenly yeah. already interested in her. Like they, they oh, don't even speak. They meet eyes across the. It is still actually a thing. You may not see it because you don't see PDA even. You don't see anything. No, I don't see PDA. It's it's that I see attractive people. Right. But here's the thing. Have you ever made eye contact with with somebody that you're attracted to physically? Mm -hmm. Who then has given you that same little like half side eye glance and then you've made that moment or two of of eye contact where you're both kind of aware that you find each other attractive and maybe we'll walk closer to each other. No, because the people I find attractive, I can't actually make eye contact with. So there you go. That thing that he does, it's kind of, it's still just a TV trope, but it does face on like a real life thing. All right, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll believe you. Yeah, I've seen people. I like, don't have I've any real life experiences. Yeah, yeah this it's all sounds thing. fake to me. Yeah, dating thing. sounds annoying. But yeah, anyway, that first glance thing, it's, it's still a TV trope, but it's not unheard of in real life. Um, she brings over some food. The honestly looks really yummy. <laughs> right, it's like cookies. It looks like those cookies you bring back from work, actually, but like with. It looked like it had flower blossoms on it. It was it, weird. Honestly, no, it looked like some Greek version of pizza to me. Really? It looked like a cookie to me. It crunched like a cookie. It would make sense if it's actually a type of pizza, because yeah. they don't have pizza there, but they have a flatbread thing. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, she brings <laughs> some flatbread. So she brings some food. Um, He eats it, and he's like, hey, this is good, and he tries to offer it to the rest of the team. And then she goes, oh no, it is only for you. <laughs> I know it came out before Firefly, but I could, all I can get there is Saffron vibes. Oh yeah, okay. uh, 100%. Right. 100%. Well, it's the same, it's the same fucking plot. I'm, I'm kind of tired of this plot. But I do, one thing I do love about this is that, like, after she says that, Jack's kind of like, okay, and just eats more of it. But I do love that Daniel, like, gives him shit for it. Sam's like, says, also great. Oh, her, she, she, like, makes a face about it, but Daniel just, like, overtly gives him shit for it because Daniel will always give Jack shit for stuff. And he just does this really mocking voice and he goes, it's only for you. 
But yeah, that's a good point. And you were talking about earlier that that's the point for him to be like, "Hey, Jack, this is weird." No, no. Here's the moment where he should be like, mm, "Is that like he eats the whole thing and immediately starts showing effects of drugs?" Oh yeah, because he he like clears off the plate and then he's like tilting the plate and looking at himself in he's it and talking it's, weird. Like everyone else is like talking around him while he's doing this and just like not noticing that he's clearly like drunk or something. And then they drink up some like, good so, gold. He gets affected. So quick. It's ridiculous. I'm like, you don't hold your, like, you're very good, do you, buddy? Honestly, I'm a little bad at the team there, like I mentioned before. Especially when it's Sam. Like, I'm not saying Sam's a clubber type, but it's kind of just, it's it's a rule. It's, whenever I used to go out, mm-hmm. you go to a bar, right? If you There's someone drink, watching the others. Not just that, but the drink in front of me. I remember one time I came back, and I had the, I had ordered a drink, and I went to talk to somebody for, like, three seconds. Turned back, and the drink was there. And I didn't drink it. Someone was watching And my it. friend almost had it. And she's like, if you don't want it, I'll think. I'm like, I didn't see it get made. Yep. Because you do not know no. what might have been put in that. Mm-hmm. I heard enough stories about that. Stories oh, yeah. about the game. I had a friend once who she drank it, and we're not we're not entirely sure. Maybe she was attempted had been attempted mm-hmm. target because she got really weird really fast after that. We were already kind of tired, and there was a bunch of dudes around mm-hmm. who knew that we were all getting a little drunk, so we got her out of there. But there's that moment of she got so weird so fast, and the next day she never got hungover, and she was fucked up hungover. So we're pretty sure she got dosed. Yeah. But the whole thing in there is. Your friend is showing some serious symptoms there, and Sam, it's a generally accepted concept that women don't trust that. Trust that kind of behavior. Okay. Especially from somebody who's your superior who never acts like that. Okay, a little while ago I just gave Captain Powers, or maybe I gave Stephen Barnes credit for, you know, the subtlety. But here's a part where it's like, okay, last episode Captain Barnes, uh, Barnes, Captain Powers wrote Emancipation. Remember how at the end, um, I think it was the end, Jack makes some awful um, allusions to a previous mission they'd been on. Yeah, where, where she, uh, Sam drank something. And exactly. Like, like, they have experience with people having drugs. Mm-hmm. According to Catherine Powers, who wrote this episode, they have had experiences on other planets previously where they had poor reactions to something that they drank on the planet, mm-hmm. and they're not paying attention to this happening to Jack now. She doesn't think about this stuff. No. So it makes no sense that they're all just, because especially since they're like kind of all watching this and having like those expressions or make little comments of, like, clearly he's high. And yet they're going, well, he's high. Oh, shit, he's high. I just have Why to wonder if going... Catherine Powers has, like, real friends who actually care about each other. Clearly not. <laughs> but it's just really weird to me that they all see this like, shit going down. Her team interactions are so shallow and, like, they and don't. Oh, look, he's high. That won't end badly for him. Let's just let him go off alone. And, like, they don't care about each other. They don't look out for each other. She tries to force an emotional connection she later was on. A sorority. Not earned. She was in a sorority. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just. I, I worry yes. about her. <laughs> right? I hope she doesn't have that I'm sure she's, like, twice my age, but I still worry about her. Right? It's just. It's unfortunate. But yeah, so they see all this shit going down, and then there's even a comment where, like, he, he even makes a comment where he's eating shit, and everyone's like, oh yeah, it must be just, you know, party food or whatever, and he goes, oh yeah, have an apple, what can go wrong? Yeah, and then he eats the food. And he eats it anyway, it's like, okay, so you almost had a moment there of insight, mm-hmm. Catherine Powers, whoever wrote this, you almost had a moment of insight, and then you just, mm. anyway, yeah, so he eats the food, he gets drugged. Uh, and then a whole bunch of girls walk up to Jack and take him off giggling to the other side of the room, and Daniel this is the moment where I'm like, why didn't Daniel go, uh, last time this happened to me, I got married. Why didn't Daniel notice? Oh, yeah. When well, the gaggle of females, he just grabs watched him. Jack get taken away. 
I'm like, Daniel, the last time this happened to you, you got married. And yes, it was a successful thing on your end because Shadi is great. I, I'm angry. I'm punching the floor because of this. This is ridiculous. I don't understand. Yep. No, it makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. It's lazy writing. It's lazy it's and nonsensical. Lazy writing. It's nonsensical. Well, like I was saying, I don't think Catherine Powers, like, has real friends and understands how friends look out for each other. Yeah. I don't, ugh, I don't know. Um, so they pull Jack over to the other side. Um, the girl he made eyes at with earlier does a, a creepy little mating dance for him. Uh, that really subscribes to the male gaze because when she's dancing and, like, they have, like, these, like, weird wavy lines and everything, but, like, that camera goes straight for her boobs and hips. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, guys. Come on. Well, I mean, if you're going to be doing a belly dancer type scene, but that's she's less not a belly dancer. Right, but she's doing, like, she's belly doing belly belly dancer. Honestly, those, like, you know, focusing on the hips and everything, yeah. it's less offensive just in the sense that that's focusing on what the dancer's focusing on. Not that it's okay, because the dance itself is, like, really... But, yeah, whatever. That one doesn't bug me as much. Okay. Um, but, so she does a weird mating dance, um, and then it cuts back over to, uh, the team who never got up to try and help Jack. Um, and is it the same guy they met in the temple who comes to tell them about this? Yes, yes, Okay, so he's, like, talking about their party and everything, and he gives them a very, obviously, like, is, like, a, like, scripture kind of verse, like, uh, like, uh... The prayer. It's like a prayer. Yeah, type a prayer thing. basically. Where so it says, um, "Unto every man, the Creator gives a hundred blissful days. It is a sin not to celebrate each and every one of them." Which Daniel interprets to be like, "Oh, they have a hundred day party. That's long. They're <laughs> pace ourselves." Yeah. Which, to be fair, I can absolutely one hundred percent see that interpretation because the wording is vague enough. This is another one where I'm like, okay, they worded this pretty well. Because what it actually means is something completely different. Right. But it's never going to be the thing you assume. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, Daniel thinks, oh, they have 100-day parties. Um, and it's like a moment we thought it was a stretch, and then we thought about it. But yeah, so then um, all the bells toll, like, in the town. And, oh, this is after Jack has clearly slept with them. Cynthia oh, yeah. is her name. I kind of, again, just let him go off. Uh-huh. All drugged uh-huh. and everything with the chick. It's like, okay, cool, that's rape, guys. Yeah, They're day fine. rape's not a thing. It's fine. Like, I don't think that she was using it to rape him, clearly. Like, I don't think she thought of it. No, no, no. Like, I'm not going to... Because, as I was bringing up earlier before we watched this, this show really infantilizes her. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Yep. Actually, it's not kind of. It is 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 creepy. creepy. Like, all of these... The thing is, um, when we get to the actual, like, plot reveal of this episode, it becomes very clear why... But every single person in this town is infantilized. Well, yeah, because they're days old. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so after Jack's clearly slept with Cynthia. Cynthia's such a bad name. God, it's egregious. But after he's clearly slept with her, um, and I love the fact that he's like, what just happened? Like, God. (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. Oh, okay. The bell's toll in the town, and suddenly everyone just lies down and passes out. And Jack's like, what the fuck? More Firefly Serenity vibes, because it's like, everyone just laid down. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) But he's like, okay, I'm gonna go find out what the hell is going on, and like, half dresses. Which I'm like, if you're going out to see your team, maybe fully dressed, buddy. (laughs) Buddy pal. His his, uh, bedmate also is one of the ones who falls asleep. Yeah, yeah, everyone in the town, other than the SG-1 team, 
falls asleep. Mm-hmm. He finds his team. Um, they talk about like what the hell they're like. What's going on? Is this some sort of? I think they start discussing illnesses at this point. Right. Yeah. Pretty much because he's already acting kind of weird and shit. And then, well, and then because they discuss it for a little bit, like why they might have been doing this. The fact that like they don't, it doesn't seem to be a natural sleep. That like their heart rate slows and like all this stuff. And that they all did it at the same time and everything. And then in the middle um, of the discussion, Jack starts to slow down and falls asleep as well. And uh, and then it cuts to the next morning, and everyone wakes up, including Jack, who now has a major hangover. Which I love that hangover joke. He walks outside and she's all cheery, like, "Hi, Colonel!" And he just puts his sunglasses, like, "Ugh." We all do. People were hungover the next day. It's like, "Hey, guess what?" I, I, I had a friend once who was bang on pots. That's rude. Oh, it was jackass thing, but it's what we all do. It's what I you mean, do. I've never had a hangover. Uh, I, I don't get hangover anymore, per se. Well, it's because your morning is a hangover in yeah. general. Exactly. Yeah. Jack has a hangover the next morning. Daniel goes to the temple uh, with Teal mm-hmm. to try and find out more about what's going on in this town. Um, whereas Carter stays in town to try and like question people around town. Daniel and Teal ask a few questions of the same father that they met in the beginning mm-hmm. about, like, their myths and everything. And he tells them about Pelops and him. I don't even remember all that he said. It, it means nothing. <laughs> it's it's more of the, oh, our great God blessed us with this home and we're not supposed to leave it. Blah, blah, blah. There's all these weird rules about right. their lives here, but they're the chosen and everything. Um, Daniel and Teal'c discover riding at the base of uh, Pelops' statue, mm-hmm. which Teal'c identifies as gold. And I love that Daniel looks at him and goes, why didn't you tell me this before? And Teal'c's like, you did not ask. Either inquired before. Which is not an excuse. I know, I, I've always hated that trope in general. It's like, well, you never asked. Like, I will kind of accept it in Teal'c's case because he is an alien and he was a first prime of gold. But it's like, Teal'c. Yeah, right. Which, I like the fact that later on, at the end of this season, Teal'c doesn't need people to ask him. No, he brings it up. I'm thinking specifically of the episode with the mirror. How soon as they walk through, he's like, oh, this is a warning. <laughs> so, like, clearly after this episode, Daniel sat Teal'c down and went, okay, here's instances where I don't need to ask, you just need to tell me about it. Yep. yep. Oh, that makes sense. But yeah, so um, I love that while Daniel and Teal'c are having this conversation, Teal'c is like talking with Daniel, but is like crouched down in front of the base, just pushing these pieces of writing in, like, and and in the process of being like, what is a pattern? <laughs> what is a pattern? As he's clearly pressing yeah. a pattern what into the stones. Life? That's a good joke. Like, I like life? that joke. What, what is life? So, but I, I do like that show, just as he's clearly it, pressing a pattern in. What is a pattern? That's a good one. I do appreciate that one. But I love that Daniel's actually like explaining what a pattern is, because he does not notice what Teal'c is doing. But Teal'c puts in, it in, in pattern. Daniel fashion. Teal'c puts it in pattern. A little bar comes out with a tablet and a stone in it. Yeah. Teal'c pulls it out. This a gold version of a tablet. You, uh, it's basically like a stone tablet with writing that pops up, and you swipe the stone across it to, like, swipe the page. And it's like a funky stylus. Yeah. And basically, this tablet tells about Pelops 
Gold, his his uh, tests on this planet. Yeah, and to explain <laughs> that the reason why they live so fast is to go through generations of human evolution to yeah. just, to learn more about action. Yeah, he's basically he was using these this planet and the people on this planet as guinea pigs to learn about the human evolution. Plus, he wanted yeah, cause mostly for the end result because they're they're hosts. Mm-hmm. They want to try to see where the hosts would go. Oh yeah, someday. absolutely. So basically, uh, I think Daniel says they they live at um one two hundred and fiftieth. So like, uh, yeah. I, I, I yeah, think it was one two hundred fifty. Was the ratio. Uh, but at the same time that they're finding this information and reading about like the actual scientific research that Pelops did, uh, Sam finds out in town that these people are days old, not years old. Yep. So they bring all of this information together and figure out. Oh, these people are aging incredibly rapidly. Mm-hmm. And, oh shoot, Jack's been infected too. Yeah, if only we'd paid attention when he was getting drunk. Huh. Yeah. If only we'd been, like, friends or teammates and, and paid attention to what was happening to this man. Basic shit. Yeah. Imagine that. Oh, this is the part where I noted about overproduced sound design. Right, because there's, like, the whole reveal of, like, oh, it's not 12 years, it's 12 days, or whatever, whatever. Actually... I wrote down over whooshing. It's over whooshing. I wrote down overproduced sound design because of all of every single time Teal swiped to another page of text. It was another dramatic, like overplayed noise. It was like, oh god, didn't chill the fuck out, please. The sound design in this episode is bad. Yeah. No, it's just bad. You know what it is? It's lazy. Because they just, instead of like coming up with like different swoops and swooshes or whatever, they're just literally just pressing repeat. And there's also moments where, like, they, they try and play up the dramatic tension. And it's like, this isn't a dramatic moment. Why do you have this really... It's not that dramatic of an episode. No, it's not. It's a very it's a very dull episode. Like, nothing happens. It's like, is this not telenovela? This is, this is literally one half step up from a bottle episode, honestly. It, it is a bottle episode, actually. Yeah, basically. We see... Technically a bottle episode. We can't have outside their... the characters, so it can't have that. But it's basically a fucking bottle We have... Three, we have three settings. We have the temple, we have the center of town, and then we have SGC. That's it. Yeah, like I said, it's a half step up from a bottle episode. Yeah. So it's not dramatic. Not that you can't do bottle episodes dramatic, it's just, this isn't a dramatic episode. It's just not. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's a dull episode. But then, so. Um, so a while after they find this discovery, night falls again, Jack passes out. Which is a confirmation. Yeah. Jack's infected yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, Sam and is it just Sam? Is Sam and I running over back to the SGC? Because Jack makes it sound like, hey, yeah, no, you all with, need to go back. She comes back with the check. Yeah, it's, it's just, just her. Sam. It's just her, so. Yeah, but it's funny because Jack makes it sound like you all need to go back. Right. Sam's the only one who goes back, which is fine. It makes sense. She's the only one who's actually got the qualifications to study this disease. She takes samples, goes back to SG1, SG1, SGC. And is um, doing tests with Janet, mm-hmm. which great duo, love them. Yeah, there's. I enjoy the scenes where they're nerding I out. Enjoy, I just enjoy the scenes where there's two intelligent women, women working together. Yeah, I love. They also they play off each other so exactly. well. Exactly, it's just true. I love Janet and Sam. There's nothing they're so good. Yeah, their scenes in the labs are great. There's nothing happening in those scenes, but they're still great. It's a storyline, not done stupidly, and it's not lazy. So okay, I'll, I'll call it a win. Um, the the makeup 
for aging Jack is terrible. And the worst part of that is it really has, like, no excuse because I love, in case it hasn't been obvious up until now, I love Star Trek The Next Generation. No. Right? The episode of Next Gen, The Inner Light, towards the end, it ages Picard. They put him in aging yeah, yeah. makeup. It's not terrific, obviously, but no. it's not bad. And it sure is a, sure of a, oh my god, sure as hell is a hell of a lot better. Your four shots are really showing. <laughs> me hells. Sure as hell is a hell of a lot better, aging makeup-wise, than this. Than this. And this was on Showtime with Whew. a full-on budget. It's bad. It's probably like season six of, you know, next year it wasn't like well-budgeted. It's just that you can do good, well, within reason, you can do good aging makeup. Yeah. No matter what, like, because your face never moves quite right no. or anything, because your face isn't moving. It's all putty and shit. You can only do so much. This was crap. That was so bad. I guess I and like, only Richard Dean Anderson is part. a great actor, but his old man voice is not great. Seriously, that, that is, out of all the things that killed my quote-unquote suspension of disbelief, what his killed it the voice. most. I love him, and I'll give him all due credit, and it's clear that he's tried. Yeah. But his old man voice was crap. No. And it just kept going. It kept getting worse. Oh. Yeah, the quote-unquote older he got. Because they had him talking a lot as an old man. Yeah, giving plenty of sage uh, advice. But Sam does research back in SGC with Janet. Uh, they're clearly the smartest people in the world. Uh, she comes back. She lets him know, hey, you're aging quicker than everyone else on this planet. At this point, he definitely hasn't gathered that by now. Yeah. I know. She's been gone for like a day, and he looks like he's 60. But she just figured out that, hey, this is reacting to the fact you are older than they are. This disease is used to seeing, so it is replicating faster to react to you. Mm -hmm. And Um, and they bring up the whole replication versus... Well, and then Jack gives up crazy quick. He tries to, like, cover it later. Because he basically tells all of the team, go back. Go back to SGC. Um, We can't risk you possibly getting infected while you're here. It's okay, Jack, as long as you don't eat their food or have sex with them. I know, exactly. But... You know, he's, he clearly gives up, and you can see Daniel can tell, but he tries to, like, cover it up, like, oh, and then hurry back when you have the solution. But Daniel's still giving this, giving him this look like, that's what you do. That's what it is. <gasps> oh, God. He's like, no, my husband, it's okay, we'll figure it out. Look, I don't want to be. And the next episode, it's back to Dad. This, again, this shows, like, this episode's more, but Jack. And next episode's but dad. Uh, this show never figured out what they wanted there. <laughs> okay, the creepy fan fictions definitely did. Um, they all go back, which is weird because like Teal makes some comment about comments about I can stay, I won't be affected, obviously because of the gold in his stomach. Except when they go back to the SGC, Teal went with them. Yep. So I don't understand why he made that comment. I don't there was no point. The world I never know. <laughs> Um, but while they're back in SGC, they figure out it's nanotech. Because they see it's replicating, not... I don't remember the other word. Not re- uh, replicating, not reproducing. Reproducing. Replicating, not reproducing. She's like, oh, it's nanotech. And Daniel... I love that, like, Janet and Sam are, like, in the actual, like, operation chamber kind of area. A floor up. Daniel and Teal are, like, observing from windows, and they're communicating via microphones. And I love that when Sam is talking to Daniel through the microphone, she's holding on to the microphone. It's adorable. I'm like, you don't need to do that, Sam. It's it's stuck there. You're not, like, holding a a loose microphone. It's on a stand. You're okay. (laughs) But 
I like it. It's cute. But Daniel basically like, oh, if it's nanotech, do you know how to deal with it? And I love that, like, Janet goes, no. And Sam's like, yes. <laughs> In the same breath, more or less. Uh, then they go back to, then our camera goes back to Argos. And Jack is talking with Cynthia about his life. Yes. And, um. Well, like, living life kind of thing. Well, and, but, well, he's talking, yeah, he's talking about a lot of stuff. But his wife comes up. Yes. And the whole fact that, like, um, they live much longer, um, in his world and everything. Thousands of days mm-hmm. they keep bringing up over and over again. And, uh, Kenthia makes some comment about, wait, so you're saying that you're not going to be able to see your wife again. And this is why, this conversation is why I'm like, actually, I feel like the DVD arrangement of episodes works really well, because you know what the next episode is? Cold Lazarus. Which, hey, look at that, Jack's wife. It's really great foreshadowing again. She's like, oh, you're never going to see your wife again. Next week, he sees his wife again. Yep. Whereas this conversation would not have made sense if he's just recently seen his wife. I guess they're, if you think about it, nothing about it specifically mentions, like, how long it's been or whatever since he's seen her left. It could have, it could have. I'm not saying it does, but it could have made sense that this episode would quote-unquote come after Cold Lazarus because it would reference but the wife that, Lazarus, just, that, the, that the audience was just introduced to. The thing is, Cold Lazarus gives you some sort of, not like a full, but it gives you some sort of resolution. Closure, between those yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. It gives them closure. Yeah. His yeah. conversation no, with Cynthia in this episode does not denote closure. Yeah, the, the, the DVD arrangement makes more sense. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that where the production So far, aside from the fact that, like, I, I understand they just shoved Emancipation in third because they're like, look, this episode sucks. It's getting it right. out of the way. But so far, I honestly agree with the arrangement of episodes no, for the DVD. It makes sense. I, I'm just saying that I could. Just like I was saying, I agree with Knox being shoved way yeah. further down the line yeah. because it's closer to the Tolan. I agree with everything I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they're having a conversation about his life, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're talking. Back on SGC while they're doing tests with the blood samples and everything, um, you know those all I can think of is like from the Simpsons those gloves that you reach through to handle like yeah radioactive material Sam's doing that to handle the samples they're isolation gloves those yeah and um and while she's like dealing with that suddenly the rubber of the isolation gloves starts to like deteriorate incredibly fast and she freaks out and pulls her hands out and like seals it and everything very fast very well and she very smartly, goes and immediately like rinses off pans and yeah. does like the she she I lo- I appreciate the fact that they observe like safety procedures. Safety protocols. Mm-hmm. Like what a concept. Contamination they, protocols. But they basically realize that, oh, these things are trying to spread. These things are figuring out new ways to try and spread. Which Hammond goes, We have to destroy these samples. We it's too dangerous. We already had the pro broke a divide episode just like two episodes ago. We cannot risk, like, they already, they, they like, temporarily quarantine, like, they show. What I like is they, again, subtle. This is one bit of subtle directing I like. They don't actually explicitly say they're in quarantine. But before they cut to Hammond saying you need to destroy these samples if we're not keeping anymore, they show a shot of the outside of SGC on, on, um, on the level ground before you go down underground. The gate to the entrance is completely closed. Mm-hmm. So I like that it's like, 
if you look at it and think, you're like, oh, they're on quarantine it's right now. It's quarantine procedure. Yeah, but they'd never explicitly say it. I actually really like that. It's a nice little bit of subtle. Oh, it does. It's a little great. bit of subtle feeling. Yeah, it's amazing. I appreciate it. No, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. It's funny, because, like, this episode is, like, nothing and has really bad parts. Then there's a couple parts that are really good. It's like you can see the intellect coming through the writing. Yeah, it's so weird. But yeah, he's basically like, no, we have to destroy the samples. And I love that Daniel, like, full-on yells at him. <laughs> Goes full civilian. He's like, well, even more than that, because he's, like, worried about Jack. Because he's like, no, if you destroy these samples, Jack will die. And, like, he, like, even Daniel can tell he lost his cool because his voice goes really high, and then he tries to bring himself down. Rain it back He's in. still clearly arguing with Hammond yeah. viciously, but he lowers his voice a little bit. But Hammond's like, no, I can't risk the rest of the freaking world for one man. I care about Jack a lot. He's very important to this team, to this facility, but I cannot risk. On both a personal and professional level, yeah. I get it. But Which is fair. It's called it's hard decisions. It's called difficult decisions. And so, yeah, it's great. I love it. I, I love Hammond. Hammond's amazing. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Argos, Jack is just yelling at natives about their belief. Right. <laughs> so bad. I like how he's, like, pointing out, like, don't you want to know the truth? It's like, okay, it depends what the truth is, dude. Like, you're telling somebody <laughs> that they, 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 their ancestors, as far as we can go back, have all lived 100-day lifespans for no fucking reason. That's rough. And going on about everything they've lost and everything, that's not a truth that people are going to want to hear. Not no. because like, they don't want to think about it, because it's that, that's depressing. No. So yeah, that I hate that naive mindset of isn't the truth better. It's like, yes, technically, yes. But people who say that are people whose truths are never that bad, and they're always saying it to people who have a lot to have to swallow. Oh, yeah. They have a lot to swallow with it. It sucks. Again, lazy writing here. They believe him way too quickly. Yeah. And yeah. they swing, get over their godlike worship. Swing into rebellion way too oh, yeah. quickly. And he says, like, three things. She was, Kinthia, she cries a little. The other guy goes, you know what? You're right. This sucks. And they tear down the They statue. tear down the statue. Oh, before this happened, uh, they have, like, a, uh, SG-1 has, like, a video message a, a video with Jack. Yeah, basically, like, oh, uh, well, Sam said we have to to destroy the blood samples, but we're gonna run, like, computer simulations to still, still try and figure fine. it out. But it's clearly, like, they give, like, heart, yeah. quote-unquote, heartfelt goodbyes, but it's not earned. No, not really. This like, is the sixth episode like, of yeah, the we series. Yeah, it's going to be sad, though, but we, as an audience, haven't had long enough to no. attach, really, to these people. Like, they try and make it seem like some, like, it, it's not earned. It's like, our family's being tar- torn apart. It's like, you guys have been in a, a quote family. You've been a team for a week. <laughs> like, we get it. It's sad. It's not that it's not coming across as sad. It's just coming across as you're trying to establish something that we haven't established yet. Mm-hmm. So. Like credits the actors. No, they just sell it. It's just they sell it. It's just the narrative does not yeah, sell it. It's not good. Yeah, it's not like it's bad. No. It's just not good. But yeah, so like the natives like buy into Jack's Kool Aid way too quick. Um. And, well, what's been weird this whole time is, like, ever since he sent SG-1 away, he, like, won't leave the temple. Yeah, I, I, I know. What, what's with him? He's, like, he establishes, like, a crow nest there. Yeah, and, like, they don't quite treat him like a god, but they almost treat him like an acolyte to the god. It's like they treat him like an elder. Yeah. So he was wisdom exactly. and knowledge. Which, which is, like, 
Yes, but he's like, coming from the weird. outside, I, and he has I, no I, place I, in this world. Yeah, they, also, just, they are also children. Yeah. Looking for any guidance. Yeah, this is why, like, the entire society is infantilized, which makes the entire relationship with Jack on, and Kenthia on both sides bad. Whoa. Because he was drug, she's infantilized, Whoa. it's just... Yeah. And no they one, keep, no one wins. They keep trying to bring it back. Yeah. It's awful every time. It's like, stop. It makes stop. sense from her perspective as a storyline that she would, you know, because their whole thing is like, you know, they're only 100 days. She finds somebody she likes, she quote marries them, mm-hmm. and that's like the next step, you know? And he's not, he's he's kind of like, you know, derailing that uh, a little bit. But then he has to be like, uh, you don't know what love is. Right. Just like, come on, dude. No, no. Calm down. Aside from that, her her reactions kind of make sense. His is just, he's just weird. Yeah. Anyway. He's being an angry old man yelling at people to get off the lawn. Yeah. Sleep with them one night, yell them <laughs> the next. Oh, God. Yeah, isn't that just men? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'm asking you. There you go. Um, but yeah, so they pull down Paul Ops' statue. Uh, and then, like, that evening, Jack and Kinthea go out for a walk on the beach, and they go, like, past the village's bounds. And Kinthea starts to worry, but Jack just, like, tells her, shut up, I know more than you, more or less. I guess she's, like, a legitimate fear based on everything that she knows, and he just goes, eh, whatever. And she's like, okay, it's a man, cool. After a while, it becomes clear. It's, like, pitch black at night, and they're not asleep. And Jack finally figures out, hey, we're not asleep right now. I also like how she's pointing out that, like, you know, we shouldn't go this far. He's aware how late it is. And he's like, nah, it's fine. And then he makes a comment about how they should be asleep. All right. He's like, so you were fully aware you're going to go super far uh-huh. out and fall asleep uh-huh. out there. That's not safe. Yeah, especially because they were walking next to the ocean exactly. at one point. Exactly. It's like called tide. But whatever. We'll just, yeah. He figures out, oh, we should be asleep already. They go back to town. Everyone is asleep. And then, through a lot of basic discussion, which could have taken, like, literally a third as long as him realizing, oh, we were too far out of range. Well, actually, what it is is that, like, um, well, yeah, even just being out of town, he's like, hmm, maybe there's something in the town that there's a range. Because he does remember that one of the, it was the first rule. It was the first rule that Pelops laid down was that they cannot leave the uh, bounds of the Mm -hmm. the village. Um, And so Jack's like, hmm. Maybe there's something still going on, and we walked out of the barrier, which is why we didn't fall asleep. He comes back, everyone's still asleep. Next morning, morning comes, and, and no one wakes up. So clearly something's gone wrong. He's like, it might have to do with the statue. Yeah, well, he figures that out. Right. He goes back to the statue, finds that there's this, like, pulsing object in the base of the statue. A beacon of sorts. Yeah. And he calls back to SGC, like, hey, I got something for you. They come through in full hazmat gear. It's like, guys. I don't just think you were planning on around. sleeping with just anyone. Don't eat or sleep around, you'll be fine. <laughs> Whatever. They figure out pretty quickly. Oh, uh, between between I like. Here's another thing I actually do like about this episode. I'm trying to find positives here. Between Sam analyzing the device and Teal and Daniel teaming up with the um, iPad, <laughs> the old iPad. Right. They all figure out. Oh. This thing was putting out a signal that basically directed the nanotechnology to do what it was doing. Mm-hmm. There is a different signal that you can put out that will turn it off yep. and make it stop working. Breaking the statue messed up something in the signal so that these people aren't waking up again. And this is another part. So after like that great teamwork moment, 
there's a part that it's like, why was this even necessary to talk about? Jack's like, oh, so can you turn the signal, reverse the signal and thing? She's like, no, it's broken. I can't use it. Pause. But I can manufacture the sound myself. I it's know. Like, it's like, what? Why did that line matter? As fake outs go, I hate fake outs in general. I think they're just stupid and lazy no matter what situation. A fake out <laughs> is immediately resolved is just the dumbest thing ever. If we'd had like 15 more minutes to have to develop a solution to this, I would have been fine with this right, line. Right. But at this point, there was with five minutes left in the episode, can you turn this signal around to wake them all up? No. No, I can, um, I can send out a, I can basically, yes, I can send out another signal. Right. You don't have to go into, this thing's broken, but I can manufacture my own. It's unnecessary. You know what Terminate brings to mind? Belabored. Yes. Belabored. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's just unnecessary and belabored that she fakes out for no fucking reason. Yeah. Like, and it's she just don't weird. Even, it's just weird. It's not like it's lazy, bad, and, whatever. It's just, and there's it's not even, weird. like, a cut for, like, a commercial or anything. No, it's just weird. There's nothing. There's no reason for this. The dramatic tension is, quote, set up and then immediately kills. It's just, it's just weird. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so she sends out a new signal that wakes everyone up uh, and shuts off the nanobugs. Everyone's like, oh, cool, we can all leave the village. We're all going to actually live more than 100 days. Everyone's happy. Which, yeah, I'm happy for them helping this town. It's good. It's a good end. Um, Jack's a white even, savior. Is not that bad? Yeah, but well, I mean, these are Greeks. They're kind of white too. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, I meant the white savior, as in they like they come to the gate and act like they yeah. know oh, everything. Unfortunately, the premise of this show means that's going to be the a little savior type. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, and I also appreciate the fact that like can be like, well, what if the, the gods come back and or Pelops comes back and Jack's like, we'll be sending people through. Like, first he's like, oh, I don't think they're going to. Which, okay, as much as this is a stupid thing for him to have said, the fact that Pelos has been gone this long, with has gone away this long from his experiment, I don't think Pelos is coming back. No, I'm pretty sure his, his experiment He stopped caring. His, you know, yeah, he's, he's gotten bored of it. Yeah, so Jack is right. There were no statistical results that he yeah. could use. Jack is right. But it's still, I like the fact that even after he's like, oh, I don't think they're coming back, he's like, but we'll be sending people through regularly. Which I like the fact that this suggests that this is a regular thing that they're doing with other worlds, which right. we haven't really yeah. seen until now. Yeah. There's, um... Yeah, they keep going through and causing massive upheaval. It's nice that they at least are, like, Yeah, because for, like, emancipation, they suggested they were going to send other people through to do deals with, like, uh, pharmaceuticals and that right, sort of thing. Right, right. But this is the first world that we're hearing that, like, responsibility. no, we're going to send people through regularly yeah. to check on you. Yeah, it's, it's like they're taking responsibility for yeah, the people that they've exactly. So I appreciate that line as much as it was belabored before then. But they have to ruin this whole thing with Jack calling Kempia's sweet Kempia. <laughs> what was with that? First off, that's never not an obvious phrase. Like, <sighs> if I read that, see on TV, whatever. Especially because he looks 200 years old right now. People won't speak like that. Like, unless you're a cult leader or somebody who's being weird or creepy, you don't call somebody this, like, sweet, insert name here. This 200-year-old man, like, talking down to this 30-year-old woman, like, oh, sweet Kinthia, yeah, you nope. dumb child. And then, like, kisses her afterwards. I'm like, God, stop this. Stop this. Like, you were an excuse for putting your dick in her the first time. Because you, you were know. drugged. And you didn't know. But now you know, and you're not drugged, so... And then the most egregious part of this entire episode. 
the episode goes out on a freeze frame. Right. Like, they haven't quote cure, I guess. Like, they know how to fix the problem now. And then he's just talking to the chick and it freeze frames on her. On yeah, him! Sorry, sorry, talking to her. Yeah, it's not just like, it's not just that it's a freeze frame ending. It's that it's a freeze frame ending on his terrible makeup of old man Jack. Just smiling at her, too. Like, oh, what is this? so bad. This is a cable buddy we cop both, show. We're, we sit on opposite ends of the room to watch this. We both stopped and looked at each other from across the room. Like, what is this? What? Like, did this really just happen to us? Yep. It was a weird ending. Oh, it's so bad. Like, all the points I gave to, uh, as a party for trying to save Emancipation. Was it was Emancipation or was it for the Gods? I don't remember anymore. Children of the Gods. Children of the Gods. All the credit we gave as a party and Children of the Gods immediately wiped clean for that freeze frame. For Jack. That's so bad. It makes me think of, like, 21 Jump Street era. What is this, Saved by the Bell? What's going on? But yeah, that's the end. So, like, they just wave off the fact that, yeah, Jackal DH again. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Ultimately, that was also, that was such a lazy way oh, of yeah, solving yeah. that. Ultimately, I just had to be happy that as bad as the episode was, it had plenty of good things to be about. Yeah, there were things like, it had enjoyed. good it, it's And just, there were some actually, like, really good bits in it. Some of its but parts, it's like, just, I'd give it like a 50. In all. I'd give it like just, a 50. If I was doing, like, Metacritic type shit, I'd give it like a 50. It sets it up well enough. It follows through, kind of. Yeah. And it has decent characters and then shit. terrible yeah. points. It's not good, but it's not a good It's not yeah. certified fresh kind of crap, but it's not bad. You know, this isn't uh, The Room. <laughs> no. It has a story line, at least. So, yeah. For my, I mean, <sighs> ultimately, in the end, I give it like a thumbs up. I, what? I, it could have been so much worse. I cannot give it a thumbs it's a, up. As a season one episode. No. No, no. I'm sorry. We're going to have to disagree wholeheartedly hey, on this. Go for it. I'm giving it a thumbs up in that it creates the situation, it explains the situation, and it ends the situation. Again, you haven't seen all of the Stargate episodes? No. Granted, this is, in terms of caliber, I know, it's like, like season nine and ten, they go disaster. Well, what I mean is, this is like nothing caliber according to, uh, sorry, compared to. SGU episodes, but there's that episode, for example, that told you it has an open ending. Yeah. I had no problem with open-ish type things. Like, it's obvious that what's going to happen after the freeze frame. That guy excuses the freeze frame. And I don't like the episode. For, for a season one episode, it creates, continues, and establishes and ends the storyline in a satisfactory manner. Okay. Here's the thing. I distinctly disagree with you on the rating. Like, you say thumbs up. I really want to give this some thumbs Go down. Because aside from, like, it's not like I'm going to be a happy four, thumbs up. Well, here's the thing. Aside from, like, the four points where I'm like, ooh, this is actually really good. Like, the episode itself is boring. We've oh, it's boring as shit. Constantly. It's boring as shit. It's boring. And there's some really bad characterization. There's lazy bits. Okay, since you gave it a thumbs up, I'm giving it a thumbs down. Can we... Meet in the middle and just say it's a meh episode. Oh, it's, it's, it's a meh episode. I'm okay. not saying it's a good episode. I'm saying I'm giving it a thumbs up because at least it follows episode format. I know, but we have to agree on a rating for yeah. this episode. So we're going to agree on a meh? Oh, it's not great. No, it's meh. It's meh. Okay. Yeah. It's not good. I can't believe that you rated something higher than me. I'm just saying it's I'm not I'm usually terrible. more forgiving on the media. I can say. I'm just saying it's not terrible. I know, but it's so weird because almost always, like, for me, you boring have... is not as bad as good. For me, boring is a crime. Oh. I just get used to it. I watch a lot of really long-lived TV shows, so you learn to accept certain things. 
I get stressed easily. I do too, but for some reason this one, yeah, for this, it's, it's not good. It's not good. I'm not giving it a compliment. No. I'm not saying this is a good episode. I'm just saying thumbs up, at least it's an episode that kind of follows basic form. Okay, but officially we're giving it a meh. A middle finger. Yeah, sure, it involves date rape. I'll give it a middle finger. <laughs> we're giving it thumbs up ambivalent. Yep. That's my just term for it. It's thumbs ambivalent. It's yeah. just right in the middle. One nobody dies, nobody useless. lives. Everyone's in a stasis. Nobody died. They nope. tried to kill Jack, nope. but nobody died. Nope. Actually, literally nobody died in this episode literally at all. Died. Literally Amazing. Died. The statue of Pelos died. <laughs> it died an inglorious death. I mean, I would, I would argue by statue deaths, it died the most glorious death because that is the most dramatic way for statues to die is people I mean, rebelling against it and it being pulled down. But yeah, so no deaths. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a Jack in this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? Okay, but you have to give I'm me an example happy. of how you agree with Daniel. Because right now I'm thinking about the fact that you can actually, you gave me a full-on explanation of how you can meet eyes with someone across the room. And I know, I'm thinking that too. With them. I was thinking that too. I was just, okay, fuck I'm like, Jack. really? Right, Are you fine, sure fine, you're fine, not a Jack? Fine, fine. I'm pre-episode Jack here. <laughs> Alright, I'm Jack up until the point where I eat Where he actually cookie. sleeps with her. Yes. Whereas also, I... Also, she's not my type, so I wouldn't no, she's too wide-eyed. I would have, honestly, the one that I thought was prettier was the chick who was giving birth to the first Oh, yeah, she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Beautiful face, oh beautiful voice. Oh, my God. Voice, I kept, I was like, Jesus Christ, she's really pretty. Right? Like, there are chicks, and she's not even our usual type no. that we agree on. Because we, we tend to like, like the Jamie Murray kind. Yeah, it's classy we like the tougher. Yeah. Well, no, we like the tougher woman. She's classy. That's what she is. There, I'll get, especially with those curls. Yeah, so... But yeah, that chick was definitely hotter. But yeah, I'm like, really? Are you sure you're That's, not a Jack? She's worse. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll go with Jack for this. <sighs> Jeez. Am I a Jack or am I a Daniel? I think you're Jack. Sorry, it's time. Every fucking time. I think you're a Daniel. <laughs> because of the, oh, it's only for you. <laughs> the mocking, that one scene. Literally. That was my thought. I'm like, am I a Daniel? Literally. Because the, oh, it's only for you. I looked Kids. over when it happened. I heard you say it, and you said it again. Like, right after that, I looked over, and your face was going like, <laughs> Like, your eyebrows were waggling and everything. I was like, okay, yes, we get it. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. I'm Daniel again. Your I'm predictable. Listen, I'm not trying. I've been Daniel every single time, except for one episode. I am trying not to, like, make it seem like I'm, like, doing this on purpose, which is why I tried to give myself some time to think if I was Jack, and the only thing I could think is him yelling at them about their beliefs. But I would keep quiet about that. Like, I don't think... You would be a jackass. No, I would just be like... Oh, because also, I think that kind of stuff's fun. Remember how I went to a fucking psychic convention? And everyone else was like, what? Like, you don't actually believe in that, do you? I'm like, it's fun, who cares? Like we're not we're not going to a convention. Everyone for else was like nervous. Show. All like almost everyone else in our friend group was nervous about me saying that I went to a psychic convention. And I was like, it was cute, it was fun. I bought tarot cards there and got a and got my favorite book and got a fictional book that was autographed yeah. that you're still mad at, and I'm gonna give you in my death. Yeah. But like, but yeah, so I wouldn't be that person yelling at them about their beliefs. I'd be like, yeah, sure, have fun. I'm if if. Oh, God is real? Why can't these gods be real? Who the fuck cares? Right. I don't care. Go for it. I, 
I can't be Jack in this episode, but yeah, I'm definitely that person who'd be like, ooh, it's only for you. <laughs> okay. Alright, I'm Daniel in this episode. Makes sense. Someday I'm gonna be Jack again. Someday. Maybe. It might happen. Maybe. Miracles do happen. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not trying, because this is already really obvious what the answer to this is gonna be, and I'm like, come on, I've got ten more seasons to get through. Let's keep a little mystery well, at least going. Well, eight, because Jack brings on eight characters. That's true. It'll just be, do we feel like we're not in this episode? Probably, yeah. <laughs> so... We haven't had a Met episode yet. We've had so, Met like, moments, but nothing. Yeah. Else. Well, here's the thing. Like, I know I made a rule that if we had a thumbs down episode, we had to say something good. You said plenty of positive stuff. Yeah, well. that's the thing. I feel like there were enough moments where we made a point about the fact that, hey, this is actually a really good moment. Yeah. And that's why this is a Met episode. Because overall, it's boring. The plot is beleaguered and pointless and a waste of our time. Nothing gets... Nothing happens. Nothing gets resolved. It's a boring episode. Nothing gets discovered. Nah. Nothing. Nothing it's happens. It's not Stargate SG One quality yet. No. So like, yeah, it's 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 a throwaway it's episode. It's okay. The last time we watched this before this podcast, we talked over the entire. We thing. talked over the entire episode. I don't think we caught. I think Eric was watching. He was so mad at us. Oh, I know because we wouldn't shut up. So and we kept telling him, listen, up. it's fine. Yeah. It's a bad he episode. You're not going to hear anything about it. Yeah. yeah, I think it says something about it. Like, there's really great moments in it, but those are always very brief. Mm-hmm. And overall, this is just kind of a why episode. But hey, next week is called Lazarus. <laughs> and that's a pretty, it's, it's at least an interesting one. I like it. I like it. There are some, here's the thing. I think it's a quintessential there, episode. No, it's, it's a good one. I will give you that. It is a good one. But there is secondhand embarrassment in this episode. Yes. That mm-hmm. I don't handle well. So I tend to not enjoy this episode. I can see that. That makes sense. But I think there's a lot of important things about the upcoming episode. Um, and it's gonna be better than this one is. I can I can say that. It won't be boring. So yes. Like like you said, next week we're gonna be covering Cold Lazarus. I like how granted they can't see this, obviously, they can only hear. But I've been wavering. You are just. I like how the more you drink, the more hands. Your hand is going like, next week, stop, 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 stop. Next week, stop, 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 stop. It's just. But yeah, next week, we'll be called Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will be better than this one, at least. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, if you want to get a hold of us. If you want us to drink more Jack Morgan while doing <laughs> yes, videos. Let or us not. know if you want us to do more shots or do you. less. Do fewer, like okay, no, you guys, these guys are obnoxious as hell on your own. We don't need alcohol. <laughs> but yeah, regard whatever your feelings are, we'd love to hear. So, yay or nay, thumbs up or thumbs down on more Captain Morgan. <laughs> so if you want to get a hold of us, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at it's Mel not Liss, and Liss at it's Liss not Mel, and. I know this is like the seventh episode we recorded or something, but I feel like I should have said it this before. This is spelled L-Y-S. Oh my god, we never mentioned that, did we? No! Shit. Okay, yeah, it, Atlas is not Mel. L-Y-S. Liz, because it's short for Alyssa. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, it's Mel. Mel is phonetic. I'm not going to explain no, that Liz to you. No, Liz is not. Not Liz. L-Y-S. Okay, yeah. That's actually a good point. And then it's it's Liz, L-Y-S, not Mel. They're the same name, just two words are switched. Yeah, I cannot believe it's So as long as you know how Liz is spelled, 
You'll find you know, that. Really I got a Starbucks and shit, like, what your name is. Ask what your name is. I'll say Liz. And I'll literally spell it to the Starbucks person. But never once did it occur to me to spell it on here. Mel came to me from Starbucks because I told them my actual name. And they got Mel from that. And they wrote my actual name with an E in front of it. Which was important to me because you and I spell our names differently. Yeah. That's literally one letter You difference. spell it with an A. I spell it with Mine's the correct one. Yeah, yours is correct. <laughs> My parents were just screwing with everyone. They spelled it Melissa with an E-L-Y-S-S-A, obviously. But I was like, I've never seen Melissa spelled this way. This is really cool looking. There you go. And I was like, I like this name. This is a cool name. So I just kind of clung to it. Beautiful origin story. <laughs> this is a dumb origin story. Where's your name from? Starbucks. <laughs> but yeah, so if you want to get a hold of us. Find me on it's Mel not list L Y S and list at it's list L Y S not Mel or our podcast Twitter at point of origin PC which thankfully has no L Y S in it. But you can also email us at point of origin cast at gmail.com or write something on the side of a tissue box and throw it through the nearest wormhole. You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If your name is also Alyssa, but you have a unique spelling, we'd love to hear that, too. I would, let's expand this conversation. I've never met you. Okay, if anyone spells their name the way I do, for the love of God, let me know. Well, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. As always, thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris, and until next time, 